You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. Uh, this morning we're talking again, we started this last week, we're talking about guidance. We're talking about divine guidance, how the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. Uh, This touches on hearing from God, learning how to hear what he's saying to us and be led uh, in that way. And all of this, you can go back and get the podcast from the last several weeks. All of this is within the context of that part of the Holy Spirit's ministry that he does on the inside of us. Jesus said that when we get born again, we give our lives to him. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in us and he compared it to a well of living water bubbling up on the inside of us. So we're been talking about those things that the Holy Spirit does from the inside. And one of the big ones is divine guidance. We all need to be uh, led. And we looked at this verse last week over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, as sort of a foundation for this. Uh, Paul wrote, but I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. And again, I'll say this again, so much, you know, with, with our life, when, when we, we know, because the Scripture tells us, when we, the moment we give our life to Jesus and invite him to be Lord in our lives, the Bible says we are born again. And and the reason Jesus is the one, if you don't like that phrase, talk to Jesus because he's the one that used it, okay? Uh, he The reason that said is because we are, the Bible tells us we're a three-part being. We are spirit. That's our primary life on the inside of us. We have a soul, our mind, emotions, and our will. And then that's all housed in this body. We're a three-part being like God is a three-part being. When we give our lives to Jesus, the Bible tells us that in our spirit, that primary life on the inside of us, that spirit is, the Bible says, old things have passed away, all things have become new. It says we become brand new creatures, brand new creations. And that's speaking about your spirit. It's completely changed by you accepting Jesus as Lord. And and then the soul, the mind, the emotions, and the will are not completely changed when we accept Jesus as Lord, but that life, the Holy Spirit comes into the, into our spirit. It, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that life and that salvation, that connection with God that is in our spirit begins to transform the way that we think, the things that we choose, the desires that we have. And so our, our mind, emotions, and will, our soul is in this process of change for the whole rest of our lives. And so in that, we find that we find cravings and desires and thoughts and, and attitudes and things coming up on the inside of us that we know are not from God. And the point of that is our, that soul, that mind, that emotion and will, that's in a process of change. It's becoming, as you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you are changing. Your soul is becoming like your spirit, which is already like Jesus. Okay, so this scripture is talking to us about that whole interaction right there, where we have things that come up, desires that we know are not of God, thoughts attitudes, things that we just can't quite keep from saying, you know, those things come up on the inside of us. 
It's not that you have two natures on the inside. Your new nature is the nature of God. Your spirit has been totally changed. You don't have, and that's why that's one reason I don't like. I love the NIV, but when it talks about the flesh, it is that word flesh means that part of our soul that isn't changed yet, that part of our soul that still has the residue of the old man. But the NIV has chosen to translate that with the phrase sinful nature. So a lot of believers look at that and they think, oh, I have a good nature and a bad nature, and they're fighting on the inside of me. You only have one nature. When we sin, we are acting outside of our new nature. Okay, But the point of this verse is, Instead of living our life to try to restrain the flesh, try to restrain all of that, and our focus is on the desires that are that are not godly, the the cravings that are not godly, that you know, and just trying to fight with that, and that's where our focus is. It says instead of that, live in connection, responsive to the Holy Spirit. That means in a continual awareness of him. It means in a continual submission to him. If our focus is on the connection with Christ and what the Spirit of God is saying, this verse tells us, then you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. You won't fulfill those things because your focus is on God. Does that make sense? That's an important practical idea right there. Because many of us, religion teaches you to spend your life trying to restrain the flesh and apologize to God. Christianity is about living in him and having a wonderful, incredible, transforming relationship with him. And so we live differently. And those other desires and those other cravings, they just continue to lose sway in our lives. Does that make sense to you? So last week, and I'm just going to have to move along if you'll just listen fast today. Last week, I gave you four principles that we need to have in our heart, four approaches, four things that we need to have in our heart in order to be able to learn to hear what God is speaking to us. And I'm just going to give you those four without really talking about them. You can go back and pick it up. The first one was we need to believe what Jesus said when he said you can, you you know his voice. Over in John chapter 10, he told us my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they won't follow. So somewhere along the way, you have to settle that in your heart instead of always thinking, well, I can't hear from God. I can't do this. I can't do that. No, Jesus said you can So Jesus said you can, so you can. You may have to learn how and learn to recognize all of us have to do that. We have to learn to stop living just out of our intellect and start living from what the Spirit is saying to us. All right, we need to learn to recognize, that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, how he speaks to us. But the fact is, every one of us, if you're born again today, you can hear and recognize the voice of God. We said we have to intentionally develop our awareness of his presence. And we have to develop our hunger for and pursuit of what he's saying to us. We have to have an intentional relationship with him. I believe this is one of the biggest things we do as we walk through life is learning how through our whole life. You know that verse in in Galatians, 
where it says walk in the spirit. That word walk is a word that means walk all around, all over inside of whatever it is you're talking about. If it's walk the land, then you're walking all over the, you're putting tracks all over the land, okay? If you're walking in the spirit, it means bring your whole life to be encompassed into being responsive to the Holy Spirit. So that means when I, you know, hopefully uh, all of you, hopefully most of you, you have some quiet time with God. If you don't, you should. You get up in the morning, you have someplace you go, you, you, you've set up something in your world the way it is today to have time with God and his word. Well, that's great because we can become aware of his presence there. We become aware of his presence when we come in here on Sunday or we come to a worship night. Those are the easy places. But once you leave that place and you start interacting with your kids and your, uh, and your family and your employees and your employer and, the, and, and whatever, traffic and people and the news and all that, we need to learn to bring all, to, to be aware of the presence of God that is in us and on us all the way through. And that's just a matter of practice. It's a matter of choosing, I'm going to live this way. And it's going to take me a while. Maybe you need to set, set an alarm on your phone. You know, do something practical so that a bunch of times a day, if you have to, it reminds you, just take, just take a couple minutes and be aware of the presence of God. What is he saying right now? Where is his heart right now? What does he feel in this situation? This will become a habit. But this is what this verse is telling us. So we need to develop that. That's part of it is we're developing ourselves in that. The third thing we talked about last week was become established in the basic truth that God is good and he has the best plan for your life. You're never going to give your full attention to God if you are not convinced that God is good. And even when he challenges you or corrects you, it's for your ultimate benefit. And, and more so than we can imagine. I love the phrase, God is good and he's better than you think. You know, he's better than we imagine. And when you get that in your heart, it's really easy to want to hear from that person. Okay. And then we talked about always maintaining an, a teachable spirit, an open, tender, yielded heart. And to do that, you have to avoid some things in your life. You have to avoid things that harden your heart. You have to avoid unforgiveness. You have to avoid offense and bitterness. You have to avoid sin. You have to avoid those things because they harden your heart. They make it, which doesn't change God a bit. Doesn't, that doesn't, hardness of heart does not mean God got mad at me. It means my heart hardened. So it's, it's hard. I've put a shell. Shame or resistance or something. Unforgiveness is a huge one will put a shell over my heart, make it really hard for me to hear what the Lord's saying. So we've got to build those things into our life. We said a lot more about that last week. So let me give you, I've just got a few things here. Uh, These are ways that God leads us. All right, and I know for a lot of you, this is, you know, this is basic Christianity 101. That's awesome, okay? Okay. for some people, this is brand new. So this is such good foundational stuff. So the first one, obviously, is the Lord leads us by his word. You've, we've got to be in the word. We've got to understand 
that the scripture is, the Bible tells us every scripture is God breathed. And we've got to be in his word because he will never violate his word. He will not tell us something through some other form of guidance that contradicts his word, or I couple that with his nature that we see in Jesus. Scripture tells us Jesus is the exact image of the Father. So if I feel like the Lord is saying something to me, but it contradicts the Bible, or it contradicts the nature of Jesus, then it's not God. It's just not. I don't care if it makes you feel good. I don't care if your best friend said it. I don't care if the greatest preacher on earth said it. If it doesn't line up with the word, it's not God. That If God were going to contradict his word, that makes him a liar just like it would make you a liar. And the Bible doesn't say God doesn't lie. It says God cannot lie. He is the truth. He can't lie. And so we can be led, and and this, the word of God, becomes the foundation and the measure of every other form of guidance that we're going to talk about. We measure all of them against against the word doesn't line up with the word, it's not God. We're misunderstanding something, uh, you know, and it just simply does not, it, it's not God. All right. I'll just read you a few scriptures here. Okay. Uh, we have the one up there on your screen from Psalm 119, 105. By the way, all of Psalm 119 is about the word and our response to the word. It's an awesome, it's a long psalm, it's, it's the longest uh, chapter uh, in, the, in the Bible. It's 150 verses, and it, it's, a, it's a, I won't even go into all that, it's a poem, of course, in the Hebrew. But at any rate, it's, it's about the word of God and the psalmist's response to the word. It's a wonderful psalm to meditate and to think about and to pick up the attitudes that it talks about. So in, in Psalm 119, 105, it says, the word is a lamp to my feet. A word, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. So if you'll notice, your feet are close by, right? For most of you, your feet are nearby. Uh, and your path goes down the road. So it means the word will shine light. It will give you perspective. It will give you wisdom for things that are right in front of you and for things that are in your future. The word as you just spend time in God's word, all right? Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, you can just write these down, verses 16 and 17, chap, uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed. It is given by divine inspiration, and it's profitable for instruction, okay? For conviction, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, which means learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. You can tell I'm reading from the Amplified. So that the man of God, and that's man, woman, child, may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's a great promise. If we will just, and this isn't something we do once. This is just a lifetime of feeding on God's word. It's not just learning an instruction manual. 
It's feeding on the word of God in the presence of God. And as we do that, we receive guidance. Okay, Psalm 1, 1 through 3, you guys know, many of you know this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay, it's important to see the not in also, not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands, it means you're just idle in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That word is translated as uh, mocker, mocking. It's, it's that um, cynical everything's bad, um, attack anything anybody says, attitude that is so prevalent in our, in our society right now. And as particularly, we see it on social media where people don't get punched in the nose for saying these things. Uh, but, it, but there's just that scornful of everything, attitude. And this scripture specifically addresses that. And it says, bless is a man who doesn't walk in that, Okay. But his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf doesn't wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. There's a lot we could say about that. But I want you to notice there, don't walk in this, do walk in this. Okay, so here's what that means to me. It means there are thoughts and attitudes that I'm going to run into continually in the earth that I need to dethrone in my heart. I need to resist them, not accept them. I need to be closed-minded toward them. That sounds closed-minded. You're getting it, okay? There are things, we don't have any obligation to open our minds and hearts to everything. The Bible says, guard your heart above everything else that you guard, because out of it flow the issues of life. We don't have any obligation to give deep consideration to every crazy thought that's flowing around from ungodly mankind. We don't have to do that. You're not designed for that. So we dethrone those thoughts and we enthrone the thoughts of God in our heart. We give them place to rule. Okay, does that make sense to you? That's That's what this is telling us. As we do that, we will find leading. There are a lot of questions we have and directions. Should I do this? Should I do that? It gets answered just by the word. It gets answered. You know, another one, because we're not going to get that far today. Um, And I don't have the verse in front of me because it's way down in my notes. Um, But in Proverbs, it tells us that uh, the, the righteous person is guided by their integrity, that their integrity will guide them. And that just means honesty, moral character, the, the idea is, and, and I've had this conversation so many times. I've had so many phone calls from people that, you know, they're struggling with something at work. And the way that it's done in their business and in their world is a bit dishonest. But everybody does it, okay? Well, cheating an insurance company or, you know, all kinds of things. And, and I'll get these calls. Should I do this? The temptation for them is there to do it. They'll make some money doing it, but they know good and well. They wouldn't be calling me if they didn't already know from their heart, if the Holy Spirit wasn't already saying, that's not the way for you to go. But they, but they do. And I mean, I've had, I've had this multiple times. And, and I bring this to them. Which decision has the most integrity? Just which one has the most integrity? It's that simple. Take the root of more integrity. You know, even if this one isn't sinful, even if this one isn't, if there's one that has more integrity, the Lord leads us by our integrity, okay? 
So take the route of more integrity and you'll be on the right track. You'll be, you'll be being led, okay? Um, so one more verse out of Psalm 119, it's verse 89. And it says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven, stands firm and unchangeable. Your word is settled in heaven. It needs to be settled in our hearts too. It's, it, it hardens the heart to resist the word of God, to resist what he's saying. And I, and I have to say, I see more and more and more and more of this in, in Christianity in general in the United States because we have this hyper-independence thing going on. We feel like we're more free when we're doing our thing. When we're doing what we want to do, we see that as freedom. Um, I'm going to give you one more verse from Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 32 says, I run in the path of your commands. And the Amplified there, I think, says, I not only walk, but run in the path of your commands for or because you have set my heart free. There's freedom in being led by the Lord in in living according to his word and living in that good flow of what he's saying to us in the direction there's to, there's complete freedom in that your your flesh the devil all, all of those influences will enslave you and tell you they're setting you free the whole way down the path all right, the only one that really, the only place there is real freedom is living in submission to the Lord, okay? So let me just finish this up with this. So how do I be led by the word? Well, first of all, you got to be in the word. But secondly, there, there are kind of two prongs to that. One is, it is through simple obedience to the principles of the word. You know, there, there is the place of just, I see this in the word, this is God's heart, this is the way he says life works, I'm going to do it that way. Just, just simple obedience. Secondly, and this will tie into the rest of what we're going to talk about, uh, is that the, the words that God brings up and speaks to your heart, you know, the Bible calls that the rhema, the, the spoken, the, the conversation that the Holy Spirit will have with you. As we, as we listen uh, to the quickening, what, what the Lord does with his word, what he quickens to us, as we listen to that and we uh, meditate on that and chew on that and allow it to change who we are, that too guides us. So there's, there's things that are just simple. Uh, don't steal because God's not a thief. Don't murder because God's not a murderer. Those kinds of things. Okay, we don't do that. All right. Don't, don't stay angry with your brother because from my heart, that's the same as murder. Okay, we see all those things. So we just, we just do our best to, to live in those. That's fine. But more importantly, I think, is when you're in the word, and I combine this with devotional prayer and I'm in the word, a verse or a passage will jump off the page to you. It will light up on the page. It will speak to your heart. Note that verse. That is the Lord discipling you and I right now where we live, what he is bringing alive to us, quickening to us. Your heart knows. There are things that will just catch you. And I encourage you, you can physically do it, highlight what he's highlighting in your Bible, but 
also in your mind, highlight what he's highlighting. uh, I think a lot of times we feel like it's about the quantity of the Bible that we're reading every day. And if I'm not doing, we can get into law with that so easily. Oh, I didn't do enough today. And so things are going bad or something. No, it's the, the Bible is a meal. Your time with the Lord is a meal. We sit down and we feed until there's a satisfaction that comes in. In that many times, maybe not every day, but many times something will stand out. Carry that with you. Mark it down. Write it down. Put it in your phone. Take a picture of it. Do whatever you have to do to carry that with you and to stay. And I say, apply that principle of when he moves off of that, then you move off of that. What I do, and I, I don't know, maybe this will be helpful to some of you, is I, I keep a list. I keep a, it, this is all in my computer and in my phone, but I, and on the iPad, but I have a, a set of notes that are things I feel like the Lord's speaking to me out of my morning time. And so I'll mark those verses down. And even though I'm going to continue to read, whether it's through the New Testament or through the Psalms or the book of Proverbs or whatever I happen to be reading at the time, I'm going to continue to do that, but I'm also going to keep going back to those verses until they're not speaking to me as much anymore, and then I'll move on to the next one and the next one. So I try to really focus on the things he's focusing on. And and I've just been amazed over the years what what happens in that is somewhere up the line, a few weeks or a couple of months or whatever, something comes into my life and God has already spoken to me about it. I don't believe for a minute this whole idea, this little religious jargon that goes around that God's the God of the last minute. No, we just don't pay attention. God's not the God of the last minute. God's the God who, he called himself the God who sees ahead and makes provision. He named himself the God who sees ahead. We say, oh, he's the God of the last minute. No, no, no. No more than that red light that you just ran through was was the, the light of the last minute. It didn't change suddenly. There was a yellow one for a while, yeah. And there was a blinking don't walk for quite a while before that. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. I've found that he, uh, you know, then this will either an opportunity to share whatever that is or something that needs prayer, something that needs whatever. It's like, oh, this is why God's been telling me this. So don't get stuck when it comes to the word in this thing either of, well, okay, yeah, this stood out to me, but that's not what I want to talk about. I have this problem now, God. Why are you telling me that? Let him lead, please. Let him lead. I promise it'll work out really well in the long run, okay? We just, you know, and I don't think he gets mad at us about it. It's just, well, a lot of you are raising children. You know how this is. It's like, kid, just listen to what I'm telling you. This is going to be important. So the word of God is the foundation, and we really don't have time to get into anything else this morning. Uh, Let's just go to the second one. We'll touch on it. We'll pick it up next week. It's a wonderful thing about church. Until Jesus comes, there's always next week, and after Jesus comes, none of us are going to care, okay? Uh, So the inward witness. I'm just going to give you a couple basics, and we'll unhook for today. Uh, We read these verses a couple of weeks ago. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16. 
It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And we've brought out many times that word sons, the Greek word huios, it means adult children who are actually in partnership with the Father in his business on earth, all right? Those are the people who are being led by the, sons of, or the, by the Spirit of God. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear. All right, the Lord doesn't try and drive us along with fear. We received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. It means Daddy God, okay? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, there's a particular context to that verse, but it brings up this truth that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So that term bears witness. It is a legal term, a term that would have been used in a court of law at this time. And it means, it describes when two different witnesses stand up in court and give the same testimony that that confirms the truth. So they get up, they may not say the exact same words, but they both get up and, and they say they give the same truth, all right? What that creates with the Holy Spirit is that, again, your spirit is born again and is in union with the Holy Spirit. So you have a human spirit that's been recreated in the image and likeness of God. And the Holy Spirit, a different person, lives in your spirit. And so sometimes you're trying to make a decision or you're going along or the Lord's trying to teach you something or direct you a certain way. And there comes up on the inside, I just have to, you know, the best I can do is just try to explain this. There comes up in you an inward sense. This is the right way or that's not the right way. This is true. That's error. The inward witness is a guidance system. So it's a, it's a nudge. It's an impression. It's a, it's a sense on the inside. I don't know why, but I know that I know that I know that this is the way the Lord wants me to go or that this is true or this is what I should do. I just know on the inside. This is not the result of my logical thought process, weighing out all the facts and coming to all the conclusions. It's not that. This happens in the heart. It happens in the spirit. And it is a confirmation. And it can be positive or negative. You know, we call it all kinds of things. We say, oh, it can be a red light or a green light. Well, it's true. It can be a caution on the inside. We've had this so many times. I think secondary to the word of God, I think this is my personal opinion. I believe this is the primary way that God leads believers secondary to the word of God. And this, along with every other kind of guidance we're going to talk about has to agree with the word of God and the nature of God. So if you have a sense on the inside that you're supposed to go and steal some ice cream, that's not God. Why? Because it contradicts the word, right? And the nature of God. But this, so many times, there'll be a situation and we'll have options and we will simply know this isn't what we're supposed to do. Or this is what we're supposed to do. And either way, it's a guidance system. I don't have the end destination. God's not giving me the end destination. He's giving me the direction. He's giving me the next step. He's confirming something in my spirit. And this is something we can become more and more sensitive to. This isn't an emotion. 
it's, it's separate from that, but it, I, I can't do any better than to just describe the way, to me, with, with these types of things, it's something that comes from in here. It's not something that comes from here. And I don't know how better, you know, to describe it to you. It is exactly what the word says it is. It is a witness. It's not a voice. It's not a paragraph. It's not a sense of fear. It's, a, it's usually a sense of peace, even if it's about, even if it's telling you you shouldn't do this and you really want to do this. And your emotions, it can totally contradict where your emotions, your emotions just want to go over here so bad. But down on the inside, you know there's a caution, don't do it. God's not going to cut your legs out from under you and force you not to do something or constrain you and control you and, and force you into something. But he will lead you. And this inward witness, I mean, this is a pretty important thing. We have this inward witness that we're the children of God, that we are called into partnership with him is what the word sons of God means there. We have this inward in the inside, the Holy Spirit saying, yes, that's who you are. That is your identity. That's a huge thing. It may not sound that big in the Bible compared to, should I live in Gunnison or not? Something dramatic like that. But but it is who you are. There's nothing bigger than that. And God uses this inward witness on that. Does that make sense to you? This is a this is a, a big deal. We'll look into it a little bit more next week, but it's it's another foundational. You can receive a prophecy from somebody who calls himself a prophet. Maybe they are a prophet. Uh, you can receive, somebody can come to you with a personal word. Somebody can come to you. Somebody can be, uh, I've had situations where there were ministries that looked fine on the outside, but we had no, it did not bear witness with us that we should be hooked up there. I don't know why. It wasn't any of my business why. We just knew, and of course, we get to confirm this with each other, which is great. Both feel the same way. We're just not going there. And sooner or later, it came out why. You know, and so this thing is just, it's, it's, it's internal. It's a bit subtle, but it's really important that we start to learn to that, listen to that inward witness. I'll just say this and I'll quit, promise. That verse in Colossians chapter three, verse 15, especially in the Amplified Bible that says, allow the peace of God to act as an umpire in your heart. Settling with finality all the arguments that arise in your mind. So it separates these two. Your heart, the Lord can be bearing witness. I want you to go this way. And your brain can be telling you 300 reasons you should go that way. Go with the inward witness. Be sure it lines up with the word, but go with the inward witness. But I don't care what else comes. I don't care how famous the person is. I don't care if somebody's you know, I don't care. And Paul put it this way. If an angel of God preaches something to you that's contrary to this gospel, reject it, okay? You have a witness on the inside from the Holy Spirit. You can trust it. You can trust it. It's not just your emotions. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't feel like I covered it well, but let's just, let's, we got to unhook. It's time. So let's unhook and we'll come back to it. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me and let's pray. We'll be dismissed this morning. Did you get anything out of this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, Father. Father, I trust you. <laughs> Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> uh, 
Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray, Lord, as we look into this particular talk, we want to be people that walk in your spirit day in and day out. And Father, we know there are things we can do that harden our hearts. We don't want to do that. We don't want to grieve your spirit. We don't want to quench your spirit. Lord, we want to grow and grow and grow in learning to hear what you're saying, know what you're saying to us. And so, Father, just over these two topics today, I thank you, Father God, that from your word, we continue to receive light and life day after day after day. I thank you, Father, that as the Holy Spirit interacts with your word and interacts with our spirit, Lord, show us, teach us how to move in that inward witness, how to know those nudges and those impressions that you were giving to us. Father, teach us how to walk accurately in what you are saying and doing and where you're leading us. And Father, I just believe with all of that, as we go out into this community, we carry your life. We carry your thoughts and your heart and your words, and we carry them to give away to people. We carry them to break darkness in dark places. We carry them to set people free from bondages. You, I believe you send us every day, every week, into places with great opportunity, Lord, to manifest your kingdom in those places. So we thank you for that. Thank you for this coming week's opportunities. And we just ask you to, I just pray you just stir us up in this area, Lord, to live a spirit-guided life, Holy Spirit-guided life. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We'll say it on the count of three that Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin in the world. And we will be dismissed. Great fellowship time out there. So hang out and love on some people. Okay? One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Go out there and be the church. listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.